Welcome to Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Aaron. Oh, hello. Thank you for walking here in the shitty rain. It's like, it's it's one of those things where like it's raining just enough to suck. Yes. But not enough to like, like I was wearing a raincoat and I was so, it made me really hot. You look so like I when I opened the door, like the human version of a sigh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, what I felt like. Mm, yeah, it yes, yes, yes. It's one of those things where, like, <laughs> like it was raining slightly enough that where I was like annoyed to not have a rain jacket on, and then I put a rain jacket on, and then I was just sweating profusely. Mm. So it was raining inside my sure. jacket as well. I mean, ideal, really. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something weird? I've lived in the city for. Oh boy, like 13 years mm-hmm. and I've never owned a rain jacket. Really? I need to get one and I always procrastinate it yeah. cuz I'm like what am I going to wear that thing 3 times? Yeah. No, I'm going to wear it more than that. I like it way better than an umbrella. Oh, it's 100% better. <laughs> I've just been procrastinating it forever and I keep doing it. You know what? I'm going to buy one. You should. I'm going to do it. You should. They're nice. I got so fed up with like trying to walk down a sidewalk while like playing some weird version of like jousting with umbrellas it's horrible <laughs> and i feel guilty no one it should be illegal to have umbrellas in new york mm-hmm, city mm-hmm. because you hit people in the head yeah. you're a menace uh you can if you have one of the ones with the pointy ends mm-hmm. when you have them folded and you're swinging your oh, arms going up the stairs you can gouge awful. someone in the you eye just take people out it's awful and people just do not they just they do not shit. to move I also can't tell. Let's just get all of our grievances mm-hmm. out okay. Okay. in the pop culture section. Great. I also can't tell if I'm getting sick or if mm-hmm. my body's just freaking out because it's slightly colder outside. Yeah. Like it dipped below 60 yeah. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And my body instantly was like, <laughs> you have to sleep for 48 hours. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, why? And it was like, I can't tell you. You just have to sleep. I like that you. Wow. Wow. One second. Some shit is going down. Fight. All right, I had to pause to bring Harley over mm-hmm. and put her on my lap because somebody was eating the cat food. It was so... You, they were getting along so well. And were the, they, though? And then the second <laughs> Harley went over for their food, it was like... Desi hissed like eight times. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, And she doesn't get it. She's just yeah. like, hello, friend. Uh, so now she's on my lap. It went from like... like when food's not involved, you, all of the animals in this apartment are like some sort of like Nickelodeon, like animated mm-hmm. animal show about like friendly animals. I don't who think all it's that together. friendly. I think it's always like a tense truce. You think so? Yes, okay. always. The cats are always looking at Harley like, "What happened to you?" <laughs> or like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. Just a general why. Uh, but then she crosses a line. You can't eat their food, Miss Harley. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my body. I don't know. Is it possible to just have tiredness as a symptom for the flu, <laughs> but nothing else? Like no cough. You uh, might just be tired. <laughs> I. But this is weird. I slept like truly like twenty four hours. I like that. It sounds like you have seasonal depression, but in a way that it's like a light switch. It's like <laughs> yeah. Literally, as soon as it gets below seventy five degrees, it's just activated. I'm not. Like, yeah, it's definitely not seasonal depression because I've had that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I don't feel depressed. It's literally like my body was just like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, may- I mean, maybe it's just colder, and I mean, 
You're supposed to sleep better when it's colder, so maybe it's just... God, maybe. Yeah, maybe your body is just... Maybe you just needed some rest. <laughs> it was so bad. I just texted Chloe and Charles like <laughs> that I was sick, and I didn't want anything. I just wanted them to know. <laughs> I was just like, if you don't see me for 24 hours... Um, just a preemptive text, like, hey, by the way, I'm not a degenerate. I'm sick, okay? Yeah. Or maybe like if I die, just like, <laughs> like I'm in my room. <laughs> Someone collect my body. Uh huh. That, if you that text. here's a fun game. Maybe it's only fun for me, but it, if you if you were in your room with the door closed and died, sure. How this long? This is already a fun game. How long do you think you would be in there? Pretty quick, because I would get angry uh, tweets about where the show was. <laughs> and then... And somebody would notice. Yes. Like, Allison and hasn't responded. Charles would be like, she hasn't bothered me in a while, a co-host. <laughs> where is she? Uh, who else? Um, the cats. I think the cats would be a major giveaway. Oh, yeah. They would notice something was wrong with the cats. Uh, they would be screaming. Charles is like, sometimes I just come upstairs and they're both sitting outside your bedroom staring at the door. <laughs> just like waiting for me to come out and feed them. So Desi, you know what? Desi would be the first yeah. to realize something <laughs> A miss <laughs> has happened with the food schedule. Well, we did establish a long time ago on the show that when you die, your cats will eat you. Well, that I shut my door now, so good luck, assholes. <laughs> but Desi will definitely be the first person or first uh, on the scene to be like, hey, sums up. <laughs> I think if you didn't feed Desi for like a meal or two, he would learn how to talk. <laughs> yes. He would learn to speak English. And it would be like, a hysterical scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be like that. Uh, very upsetting. Yeah. So while we're in the pop culture section, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, Eric, if you had any new recommendations. Oh, man. I just unloaded recommendations last time from like my month-long trip. I have an anti-rec if you want to. Ooh, I love anti-rec, so I would it. love to hear it. So the latest season of American Horror Story has started. And oh, my yeah, anti-rec isn't for that season because I haven't seen it yet because mm -hmm. I like to binge watch that show. Mm -hmm. It's one of those shows where I lose interest if I can't go episode to episode to episode. Yeah. Uh, so I'm waiting. But in the meantime, I watched American Horror Story Cult. Okay. One of the worst things I've ever seen. Yeah. It's truly bad. Wow. And I don't know why every show Ryan Murphy is involved with is like six episodes too long <laughs> there are so many weird digressions where mm -hmm. it's almost like there's the main storyline which is this weird cult in the heartland of america yeah right after the election which is super fun too because if there's anything you want to see replayed <laughs> it's the 2016 election mm -hmm. Sarah Paulson playing one of the most insufferable characters I've ever seen on television. She's Great. like a, a cartoon character liberal. Yeah. So a bunch of she's triggered all uh, the time, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. which is annoying for mm -hmm. us, the mm -hmm. viewers. Uh, and you know how people's phobias are just uh, inconveniences right, for right, other right. people. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Also, <laughs> they're one of the things that it feels like they're quasi mocking is uh, this thing called tryptophobia i think it's called which okay. i have which is a fear of holes of just in general uh no like a pattern of holes oh i see okay uh like i actually can't really talk about it because it creeps me out okay. so much okay um and also please don't do this thing people do it sometimes when when people mention tryptophobia which is they send images of it to people what? which is a horrible thing why to would do. you do that uh because they think it's funny i guess <laughs> i don't know 
But literally, like, I've seen it happen to other people who have it online. Uh, so please don't do that. That's interesting. I know I'd never heard of that. So, but they like make fun of it in the show, and they show it a lot, which is horrible. Because I'm like, would you do that with any other thing that like triggers someone? Yeah. Like, just because you don't understand a phobia doesn't mean it's not. It's like it if you doesn't were, mean it's ridiculous. It's like if you were just like, ah, look at this stupid idiot with epilepsy, and just exactly. put a strobe light in their Although, face. Although uh, trolls have done that to people who have epilepsy. Online, yeah. like send them flashing gifts and stuff, which no, is an yeah, incredibly yeah, yeah. fucked up thing to do because you, they're monsters. Yeah, because you can actually kill someone doing that. Um, so, but like Sarah Paulson's character has that, and it's sort of in a very mocking way, like, mm-hmm. oh man, what don't you have a phobia about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like the writers like picked it because it was, seems like a ridiculous because they don't have it. Yeah, so they're yeah. like, I don't get this. It's mm-hmm. funny. Um, but and so there's a main storyline about all of the cult stuff. And then it was almost like they ran out of stuff to do at episode six. So then they started just doing recaps of other cults in history. Mm -hmm. But Evan Peters, who plays the main cult leader in the show, plays all of the different cult leaders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, all credit to Evan Peters. He is very talented as Mm. an actor. Um, So, like, he's good. But it's really weird. Like, Lena Dunham plays... um, Valerie Soleros, the woman who shot Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah. And yeah, again, yeah. does a fine job. But yeah. I'm sort of like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, why are we going into the history of all these cults? Do you think some writer... This is... Compl- I've never seen one episode of American Horror Story. So I'm only basing this on what you've just told me. Sure. I'm going to come up with a theory r- on the spot. Uh, do you think that some writers and producers of TV now that are are ostensibly like our age or a little bit older we're a little too influenced as kids by like the x-files and their you know because the x-files had like a running plot but then would have one-off episodes monster of the week episodes that's interesting yeah and so like now it's like people who watch that stuff were like you know kind of like maybe a little too influenced by that and can't just have like the one thing you know what i mean like to me it it honestly just felt like bad writing like they ran out of stuff episode Mm -hmm. six and they were like fuck (laughs) well they bought 11 episodes so what do we do now right uh and then it's the writing quote-unquote technique of basically and uh the mastermind of the cult is always artificially one step ahead of everything Mm -hmm. in a way that is impossible yeah yeah, so it's like oh you thought it was this way but he was pulling the strings the whole time and that they use that trick like maybe six times so it gets very tired very quickly um yeah and i it's just very bad yeah it's very very bad (laughs) i've never seen even one episode of american horror story to the point where when you said you were watching American Horror Story cult. My f- my literal first thought was, is that the one with Lady Gaga? Because yeah, I that's, that's Hotel. That is all I know about the show is that she was in a season of that. Show. I enjoyed Hotel. I know a lot of people who didn't because it opens with a graphic rape that has wow. no bearing on the rest of the season, and it's very weird. Oh, they do that in Cult too. There's a scene with a gimp mm-hmm. uh, that is totally unnecessary and very very graphic. It feels like they're just, like, throwing in edgy stuff just to be edgy. I don't know. It probably, I mean, it, I would assume in their mind it's for, like, setting, like, 
a theme or like a mood. Well, you know what I mean? Like maybe I don't know. Maybe like, it's not plot driven. It's just like trying to show how graphic or how yeah. I think it the is. theme of this season was everybody in suburbia has something to hide. Mm-hmm. So that could be. Yeah. Also, I think this season just threw a wrench in Ryan Murphy's whole plan, which was before the election happened, he wanted to do what he's doing now with the the latest season of American Horror Story, which is he wants to cr- uh, connect all of the universes, mm, yeah, which yeah. he sort of starts to do at the end of Cult. But I, I truly think the election stuff was just this weird digression that they thought they had to address. But yeah. I was like, do you? <laughs> Does anybody want to watch this right now? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't the whole reason we watch American Horror Story to escape right. from crappy reality? Like, yeah. I don't want to watch a bunch of Trump supporters Gra- like in one scene a Trump supporter physically grabs a woman by her pussy. I don't want to see that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't want to see it. Wow. Uh and it's weird to me that they thought people would want to see that or I don't know. It was to me that's not fun horror. Yeah. That's yeah, real yeah. horror. Yeah. And I don't want to see it. So but I also was like I'm type A, so I'm like, I've seen every other American mm-hmm, horror story mm-hmm. chapter. Sure. So gotta watch this. Gotta of finish it. I don't Where think are you anything going? Oh my God! Is Harley trying to climb over to Desmond right now? I think so. What is your issue? Oh, hi, she's kissing me. Um, Harley, this is why you're not friends with the cats. <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say? Uh, I don't. See, I I think it's perfectly valid and fine to like watch things that are bad. To like, you know what I mean? Like it. Because uh, there's. I don't know, sometimes people react to things like that, like, why would you watch that? And I think it's like, you can critique it, but I think you have to watch it to critique it. So I don't yeah, think it's... Yeah, I, I mean, I was truly watching it because it was mindless, and yeah. it was just like, I'd watch an hour of TV before going to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, it was just <laughs> fun enough to, like, keep me watching. Um, was yeah. it fun? I don't know if it was fun. I di- also didn't think it was scary. Yeah. Like the whole sca- the cult thing is they dress up as clowns and break into people's houses. And I was just like, I don't know. It barely felt edgy. I was like, yeah. the strangers did this and it was actually scary. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I also don't know how scary American Horror Story is supposed to be. I know some people who are like, it's actually terrifying. And I, I don't think I've ever found it scary. Yeah. Roanoke, I think, had a couple moments that was scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, yeah. Harley, you are killing me right also, now. Also, it's interesting. I think different people <laughs> find different things scary. Because, like, I don't really get scared by, like, violence. <laughs> I don't really get, like, freaked out or scared by, like, violence. I'm much more, I, like, respond way worse to, like, psychological stuff. Same. I, I don't like loud noises and jump cuts and stuff like stuff that's super manipulative just to it's it's startling versus actually suspenseful yeah paranormal activity i was like that movie really got me yeah those are done very well yeah yeah and i i feel like they earn their Mm -hmm. their scares yeah hereditary very very i still haven't seen hereditary gotta watch it that's very scary yeah yeah uh, also, here's how bad I am. I when you said that you watch an hour of TV before bed, I was like, "Wow, good for you for your restraint." <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is in addition to me being asleep for 24 hours. Eric. <laughs> like the only reason I'm not watching more TV is I'm unconscious. <laughs> it's not that I'm disciplined. Uh, so I also started watching a documentary uh, on Netflix called Icarus. 
Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I didn't watch it, but I, I saw a preview for that. I started watching it because I'm going through the list at, hold on, let me get the website, Movie Phone. Movie they phone. have the best true crime documentaries on Netflix. Yeah. And I have seen most of them, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm, of course. But I hadn't seen Icarus, and some friends of mine uh, had recommended I, that I watch it. <laughs> And I will say it's very interesting, but I don't understand how there are accusations against some filmmakers, like the women who made Making a Murderer, mm-hmm. of them being too biased and too involved. Mm-hmm. And that same accusation is not leveled at the creator of Icarus. What is Icarus about? Uh, so Icarus is about the uh, global doping scandal. Okay. And yeah. specifically how Russia has gotten around okay. restrictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the creator of Icarus is this guy, I think his name is Brian Fogel. Mm-hmm. Let me double check that. Uh, Brian Fogel, yeah. Who is a very serious amateur cyclist. Okay. And he does endurance competitions every year. Mm-hmm. And he was very interested in the doping scandals. And he was wondering if he could get around... Um, uh, testing. Yeah. So he hires basically the guy who was Putin's go-to right, right. chemist who could get around mm-hmm. the, the doping restrictions and they start working together. But then the whole thing falls apart because there's this investigation. They find out Russia was like 90% of their athletes were doping. <laughs> right. They get banned from the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, and that guy... but. Brian Fogel at one point gets a plane ticket for this guy and brings him to the United States. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Why was there never like an ethics and documentary filmmaking right. for Brian Fogel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe there was and I missed it because I pretty much missed Icarus entirely when it came out. Yeah. But I was like, Jesus Christ, this Maybe guy's involved. People just don't care. I think because the plot of the documentary was that they were working together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That maybe that helped him skirt accusations of being biased i don't know uh also guys we're gonna have a longer pop culture section because i got a rant about the oh i love it i love a rant the new season of serial oh yeah 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 so is this season three i truly cannot stand how Sarah Koenig is perpetually shocked by everything. <laughs> and I know, like, maybe that's her nar- narration style, like, to sort of put the audience at ease, because she's mm-hmm. like, listen, I'm not coming in biased. Mm-hmm. I I truly don't know anything about the court system in the yeah, United States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the, she, and she did this with Serial uh, Season 1, too, where she's like, could people in the justice system be racist? <laughs> and, like, I can't <laughs> fucking handle it. It's just like... And it might be artificial, but if it's artificial, then I hate how ingenuine it is. But, like, maybe she is just this fucking naive, but it is so wild to me. I think it's probably to so because it plays to a larger audience. Yeah, someone was like, don't you find it refreshing? And I was like, no. I don't find it refreshing. I just think all. that, like, it probably... Because, like, I think... If you were to, if you have like a show or like a podcast or like, you know, something and you like explicitly are like, yeah, cops are racist. Like there's a lot of people who are just going to turn it off, mm-hmm. you know? Um, are you so talking I, about my show? Yes. Cops uh, are racist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think like, you know what I mean? Like people, like when you say like a definitive statement like that, yeah. you're like, yeah, the justice system is racist. People are like, I don't agree with that. So I'm going to turn it off. Whereas, I think there's a way to do it though, where you don't sound 
so <laughs> ignorant. Yeah. Cause truly, that's how she comes across a lot of times. Yeah, where, yeah, yeah. like, it, it's very frustrating because she is, she does become the caricature of the white lady liberal that a lot of people, right? you know, think, yeah, I mean, it is real, obviously, yeah, but yeah, yeah. would also turn off people. Right. Because it's like, this is not new news. I will say the interesting thing about Serial Season 3 is they they're in one courthouse basically or right. court system yeah um and they profile different judges and as braced as you might be to hear that a judge is racist there is this one judge and i'm spacing on his name but the way he speaks to the defendants is so like infuriatingly condescending yeah where he literally is talking to black defendants and he'll be like well you don't uh think you're black live matters very much to Whoa, you. Really? Like fully racist. Jesus and then Christ. Sarah Koenig comes in and she's like, now I think maybe this crossed the line. And it's like, yes, it fucking <laughs> crossed the line, Sarah. Uh, but Jesus it Christ. is revealing in that sense where as bad as you think our our court systems are, it's mm-hmm. so much worse. Yeah. And I do think there's journalistic value in actually hearing how these judges talk to, and they're not all as bad as that judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know, there's a there's a, a black judge who is very symp- more sympathetic sure. than other judges. Sure. And actually got in trouble with the ACLU because she would uh, tell them to register to vote mm-hmm. like while she was sentencing, oh, yeah. which apparently is a no-no. <laughs> you can't do that, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. I was sort of like, why? <laughs> uh, but it, it is interesting if you can get past Sarah Koenig either pretending to be ignorant or being right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've, I honestly never listened to any of the other seasons of Serial. Well, I was glad that Sarah Koenig in the the pilot episode of season three talked about that the Adnan Syed season, which Serial is most famous for, Mm -hmm. was not a typical courtroom story Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, Adnan had a family who was able uh, who was capable of hiring like very expensive attorneys and they went to trial, which doesn't happen in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. Um, but they they garnered all of this attention, and then Sarah Koenig would be asked during interviews, like, what do you think this says about the court system? And she had to be like, well, it's not really revealing about how typical days in courtrooms work. Yeah. So they wanted to do a season about that, which I think they should be applauded for because it's not as glamorous, if I yeah. can use that word, right, as right. the Adnan Syed trial. Yeah. It's not as sensationalistic. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that uh, just the the uh, uh, how large the industry is of like amateurs who are into like crime cases. Yeah, I mean, there's so I, many... I think there's a healthy version of that, and then the the dead girl version of that. Yeah, which is people just sort of salivating over a dead woman, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah. But then there are the people who genuinely want to reform the court system right. and, you know, free people who have been wrongfully convicted. And I think that's very, very important. Yeah. Um, but I feel like sometimes what happens in shows like that, like Making a Murderer and The Staircase and stuff like that, 
is the the woman who's the victim is fully erased mm-hmm. and it becomes about the guy. Yeah. And I don't know how you navigate that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I you know, I think it's easy to do that because he's the one who's alive and is sort of like, you know what I mean? Like it's, he's the one, you know, it's more deliberate than that though. Like, because it's the filmmaker, not even like interviewing the, the, the victim's family. Oh, I see what you mean. Like completely erasing her. That was the main complaint. Well, at both documentaries, but the staircase, especially like Mm -hmm. vilified, um, the victim's sisters who really, really went after him. Yeah. And they were portrayed as like being very shrill and unreasonable. And it was like, no, this dude, like, I mean, let's be honest, probably killed their sister. Yeah. And they're very heated about that as anybody would be. You know what it is too? I think probably a lot of people when they're doing stuff like that, think it makes them objective. Whereas if you, because uh, it it can seem, or at least in their mind, like if you're sympathizing too much with the victim, that you can't accurately assess guilt of the person that's accused. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like they're worried that if you, uh, like, I think maybe they're worried that yeah, if you if you focus too much on like you know the victim's family, who obviously is upset that the victim was killed, you know, because it's their relative mm-hmm. that they're not in the right frame of mind to assess like an objective like guilty or an innocence. I think, does that make sense? Well, yeah, it does make sense, but I think in the staircases example Yeah, I did not see the staircase. He, so. He's truly a manipulative sociopath and yeah. I think he like wooed them over to his side. He essentially like hired them right. to to start covering the trial. Yeah. And they were convinced he was innocent, so mm. everything that happened after that was just it, right. it started with the foundation of we believe he's innocent. Yeah. Um also apparently like I forget if it was the editor or something on the show like is basically fell in love with him. It, it's <laughs> it's very very biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh guys, it's that time of the show. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. So I'll tell you what's not bad news. Desmond is living it up on Eric's lap. Man, I like I'm just a big cat bed. Yeah, he loves it. So in actual bad news, Brett Kavanaugh. Wow. Oh, boy. New allegation of sexual misconduct from his college years. Jesus. Uh, Deborah Ramirez, who is a Yale classmate of Brett Kavanaugh, has described a dormitory party gone awry and a drunken incident that she wants the FBI to investigate. Um, So the New Yorker has the story. It is by Ronan Farrow and Jane Mayer, everyone. Ronan Farrow keeps getting a lot of credit, and rightfully so, but Jane Mayer is also on that byline. Mm -hmm. So... um, Ramirez uh, said that she was at this drunken dormitory party and Kavanaugh exposed himself and thrust his penis in her face and caused her to touch it without her consent as she pushed him away. 
So Kavanaugh, and also, by the way, uh, there is now a rumor that there's another victim who's about to come forward. Uh, Michael Aventi teased that. Yeah. On the news, which, by the way, that is not something you should tease. No. Like, he is, he's a monster. He is the, just, I, I it's so weird. Like, it's just like. He's simultaneously, like, I think doing some good work and then also, like, making this into a reality show. Yes, fully. Like, he wants to be a celebrity. Yeah. yeah. He's really getting off on the attention, which is disgusting considering he's getting attention about, like, sexual misconduct. Right. And rape. Uh, you shouldn't really be enjoying the spotlight right. in that sense. <laughs> so Ronan Farrow posted an update to the story, which is two Kavanaugh classmates withdrew from a statement his lawyers issued disputing Ramirez's claims. So uh, Kavanaugh's lawyers put out this statement disputing it and had two Kavanaugh classmates originally on the statement. And then the Kavanaugh classmates withdrew from that statement, wow. which is a real bad look for Kavanaugh. Yeah. It is now signed by the two men whom Ramirez alleged had egged on Kavanaugh, the wife of the man she said told her to kiss it, quote unquote, and one other classmate. So a bunch of people who were there yeah. signed on to it. Wow. Which obviously lends more credence to uh, Ramirez's claims. Mm -hmm. So Kavanaugh does this weird, like, interview afterwards um, where he says that he was a virgin for... It's one of the best self-owns I've ever <laughs> seen. If this wasn't such a horrible story, it would be yeah. fucking hilarious. But he does this interview where he says, you know, actually, I was a virgin during that time where all of this when all of this debauchery was happening and for several years after that. Wow. So <laughs> I guess we should talk about the fact that both can be true, right? Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, both can be true. Uh, you being a virgin doesn't preclude you from sexually assaulting people. Exactly. Um, and also, I find it interesting that the people who do not believe his accusers because it was 36 years ago and there's no way to prove it take him at his word that he was a virgin, which yes. is just him saying that. That's not a like a medical term that's not like right. you can't be like hey i have this doctor's record that showed i was a virgin like yeah he also <laughs> there's this bullshit happening right now where he's like giving his calendars to people like as though those can't be forged and he's like see i wasn't at that party because i didn't write it down it was like really were you writing down every time you sexually assaulted someone Plus, like i mean even if it's like even if those are his actual calendars like I keep a calendar. If somebody calls me, is like, hey, do you want to come to a party tonight? I'm like, yeah, hold on one sec. I got to put it in my calendar. <laughs> yeah, like, <and> just <laughs> like, the fact that that is so easy to change. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, there's there's obviously the distinct possibility so he's lying. It's also, even if those are true, it is. it would be more alarming to me the fact that he kept his calendars from high school. Yeah, totally fucking bizarre. Because um, uh, the only reason to keep those around, like, 
I'm going to need these one day. Yeah. People are going <laughs> to accuse me of a lot of things, <laughs> and I need some proof to throw at them. Like, yeah, for that's sure. That's so much more worrying to me that they're real and he has them. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Yeah, if bro? you're keeping shit from high school, there's, there's some <laughs> issue at play. So, yeah, there's the distinct possibility he is lying. But also, let's just take him at his word. And in his mind, he was a virgin, meaning he never... His penis never penetrated a lady or a, a girl in high school. None of the accusations involved that. There was the accusation of attempted rape. Right. And then the accusation that he exposed himself. Mm-hmm. So at no point, I mean, how hard would it be for Kavanaugh to just say, listen, I was or currently am an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, probably wouldn't want to phrase it that way since mm-hmm. he's trying to be a Supreme Court right, justice. Right, right. But I used to have an alcohol problem. I don't remember a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm deeply sorry for the times I crossed the line. Yeah. Why don't you say that? Yeah. The fact that he can't say that is a huge red flag. Yeah. Because it either means he hasn't come to terms with it and he's in denial. Right. Or he just doesn't fucking care. Yeah. You know, he doesn't see that anything he did was wrong because he was like, but I was still a virgin during that whole time. It's like, that is not the issue here. Yeah, absolutely. By far the weirdest part, not the weirdest, like the, in my mind, like (laughs) the, the most ridiculous part of, of the whole, uh, thing is that, oh, you may be about to get to it, (laughs) but, uh, he released his yearbook. Yeah. Somehow there's even more bad shit in the yearbook because mm-hmm. we covered the stuff about like the Keg City Club yeah. and how they were all like blackout drunks. Um, but then there's the there's a reference to Renate alumnus, mm-hmm. which is reportedly a not so nice reference to a then student at an all girls Catholic school with whom Kavanaugh and his gang reportedly socialized. Yeah. So according to the New York Times, Renate refers to a Renate Schroeder, mm-hmm. now Renate Dolphin, who attended school around the same time Kavanaugh um, matriculated through Georgetown Prep. Uh, Dolphin was one of 65 women who signed a letter supporting Kavanaugh after Christine Blasey Ford came forward to accuse the Supreme Court nominee of assaulting her at a party in 1982. But it appears Dolphin didn't know about Renate alumnus or that nine men on the Georgetown prep football team, including Kavanaugh, posed in a yearbook photo captioned Renate alumni, which certainly looks like the kind of thing a bunch of shitty high school boys would do if they were all bragging about sleeping with someone. Yeah. So this woman, Renate, um, she signed a letter supporting him. She found out about that after from this hearing. Yeah. She didn't know about some dumb bullshit they did in the yearbook for 35 years. You don't support shitty men. Well, I I, I did uh, see a lot of people. uh, I I read um, that a lot of those women that signed that letter did not either didn't read it or it was phrased in a way to them where it was like they didn't know they were signing a letter saying he didn't do like this. They guys, maybe read that shit yeah i think <laughs> i think the way it was it. i think the way it was proposed to them was like hey this guy was in your class can you sign a letter saying he was like a, a upstanding citizen or something oh like my that God. you know what i mean like your first question like a be, letter of recommendation as why, opposed to being like what did he do yeah, right um so sean hagan one of kavanaugh's former classmates told the new york times they were very disrespectful at least verbally with renate 
He said the group used to brag that Dolphin was one of their quote-unquote con conquests. And it gets even like more pathetic because I guess what Brett Kavanaugh was claiming was that they kissed. Yeah. And she was like, we never kissed. Yeah. So they were just like a bunch of braggadocious losers. Lying idiots. Lying like. idiots who would get blackout drunk and try to like molest and assault girls. And yeah. hey, listen, maybe it never actually quote unquote worked, but they're still a bunch of fucking predators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's disgusting behavior. And it it was tolerated because it was like, well, boys will be boys, you know? Yeah. And they're privileged uh cis white young men. Yeah. Uh so Totally unsurprisingly, there are some conservatives circling the wagons um, around Kavanaugh, including Steve King, notorious racist Steve King. Actual racist. <laughs> like, on the record racist. Who said one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, which is... So he's calling all of these allegations character assassination, mm -hmm. which is stupid in itself. But he said, and this is a quote... If that's the new standard, no man will ever qualify for the Supreme Court again. Here's the somebody made a really good point on Twitter, and, and I wish I could remember who it was because I want to credit them. But this is such a good point, and everybody should be screaming it. Because the thing now is that people like Steve King are like, anytime a Republican is going to be nominated to Supreme Court, somebody is going to come from the woodwork and accuse them of something from the past and try to get them withdrawn. Nobody did that to Neil Gorsuch. Right. Yeah. He had, he went straight through. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember his hearing. Like, nothing I mean, happened. He went straight through. The fact, I mean, there's no clear indication to me that you are also a sexual predator. Yeah. If you just assume all men do that. Right, right, right. If you assume, I mean, do you know how many men get blackout drunk and just behave very silly or pass out and get a dick drawn on their face? <laughs> right. Or, like, eat pizza in bed <laughs> and then they go to sleep? Yeah. Like, I would I would even argue, like, most men probably right, do that. Right, yeah. But the men who are sexual predators who repeatedly do this behavior rely on the assumption that all men do this. Right, right, right. That is not the case. And I would be offended as a dude if mm. someone said that, where it's like, fuck you, how many totally qualified justices are out there? Yeah. And by the way, even if it was true, no man would ever qualify for the Supreme Court again? Fine, let's never nominate another <laughs> man, right. man again. You should not be rewarded with a Supreme Court position if you're a sexual predator right like if that is indeed true let's just have lady justices mm -hmm. from this moment forward <laughs> i would be fine with that yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know that was the standard until very recently to have all male justices right. so we somehow survived that mm -hmm. um somehow but like how offensive is that assumption yeah that like if you have that as a standard no man will ever qualify for the supreme court again why are men not really offended by that uh because we're idiots <laughs> well also like i'm sure that is so deeply ingrained in our society that the boys will be boys mentality yeah. that i'm sure a lot of people do believe that where they're like listen who among us hasn't crossed the line right, and it's right, like right. a lot of men right, right, right. have managed not to do that right. Ugh, steve king is such a piece of shit like how how many times can one man be wrong i mean he's testing the limit <laughs> uh another thing that i have been thinking a lot about recently that i think is an important point to talk about is like when accusations like this come up and people say like oh there's not enough evidence or there's no evidence i think it's really worthwhile to sort of press them on that and ask them 
like what is enough evidence of a sexual assault because the answer is there's not like there's very rare it's very hard to actually have evidence of a sexual assault because most of the physical evidence can always be flipped as being consensual so almost all sexual assault cases are going to be he said she said uh yeah which is why there's been a lot of progress in you know advising journalists how to cover Mm-hmm. Uh, allegations of sexual assault without it getting into like he said she said because you know obviously that's incredibly biased towards the victim yeah um, there are ways that you can not frame it that way right um, yeah I, I just think like uh, for a lay person like I think it's like it's important to remember that like unless there's an actual video of it most of the time all evidence in a sexual assault is going to be you know, even the physical evidence is, is, you know, left up to interpretation by a lot of, a lot of the time by juries and stuff. So when people are like, oh, I, there's just not enough evidence. So we have to believe the, the, you know, uh, we have to err on the side of not guilty or whatever. It's like, that's not the case. It's, right. you have to, you know, you have to use your, ju- your, your judgment and, there's never going to be for the people that tell you like there's not enough evidence for this type of stuff there's no amount of evidence that will satisfy them a hundred percent yeah it's it's an argument that's really waged in bad faith yeah because you just don't want to believe the victim exactly yeah that's that's almost always what it is um i you reminded me there's a really great piece over at jezebel that i wanted to shout out um, by Julian Shepard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gray areas Yeah, article. the next step for Me Too is into the gray areas. And specifically, um, and guys, you may want to unfollow him because I, I didn't realize this, but I was following him. Um, Jack Smith the Fourth, over at Mike. Um, he's a, a senior writer and correspondent covering the extremist right. Yeah. He has been accused by multiple women of coercive behavior and gaslighting. And yeah. there's lots of text messages included in, included in the article that are super creepy, but also deeply familiar. Right, <laughs> you know, like right, to anybody right, who's right. been following the whole host of shitty dudes who have been outed as as sexual predators. But uh, unfollow him if you were following him. Yeah, I was. The only reason I haven't forced. You know how you can force people to unfollow you on Twitter? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you block them and then unblock them, mm-hmm. and that forces them to unfollow. Little tip uh, is I was tweeting about it, and I wanted them to see I was tweeting <laughs> about it. But, yeah, I think, you know, now that Me Too is an established movement, I think that's the next step. We're, we're going to have very messy conversation, conversations about the quote-unquote gray area right? of when a dude is... Uh, behaving in a coercive way because that's like another layer that i think so many dudes even if you're not a rapist even if you you know you aren't like the worst version of a predator you might be engaging in coercive behavior and not realizing i mean if you just want evidence of that i mean uh, things like the game and Mm -hmm. tucker max you can buy tucker max books in like books a million right right (laughs) like Um, that's how ingrained in the culture it is totally and that that was considered to be totally normal yeah. and again boys being boys for so long right. and then eventually people were like hey this is kind of fucked up <laughs> like when you actually learned about some of the strategies like 
to invite a woman back to your apartment and then talk about how dangerous the neighborhood is mm-hmm. so she's afraid to leave. Right. How do you read that and not yeah. realize you're a creepy sexual predator? Yeah. You know, or even like trying to wound a woman's ego enough where she'll settle mm-hmm. for you. Right. Like yeah. yikes. Yeah. Good lord. Um so just to show the layers of how many predators <laughs> are out there, guys, I guess. I don't Great. know how else to phrase it. <laughs> uh Garrett Ventry who uh, was the communications advisor to the Senate Judiciary Judiciary Committee's GOP majority, who had been working on Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court, resigned on Friday prior to the publication of a report about a past sexual harassment (laughs) allegation against him. Great, great, great. So this is the guy who was, like, trying to get Brett Kavanaugh nominated. (laughs) He has, of course, denied the allegation, which was made while he worked in a previous job, but told CNN, quote, I don't want to be a distraction. I'm sure. What a good guy. I'm sure that's why he resigned. But like the ripple effect of a story like this, yeah. where you, you start to find out like, fuck, like, of course it's, it's predators covering for predators, covering for predators. Yeah, yeah. Once you pull that thread, I mean, sort of, we, we don't have time to get to it now, but maybe on tomorrow's episode, mm-hmm. but like NBC is going through that right now yeah. where they like pulled that thread with like predator executives. And now it's mm-hmm. like, Oh fuck, they were all covering for each other. Yeah. And or then it gets it's to a, a culture. Point, it's a culture. And then it gets to a point where they're like, well, what do you want us to do? Fire everybody. And it's like, yes yeah oh my god yes like <laughs> can you imagine if like th- i mean the catholic church did kind of do this mm-hmm. but if they came out with a, like a press conference and they were like listen it's most of the church that yeah. is sexual predator we can't get rid of all of mm-hmm. them it's like are you fucking kidding me right, right now like yeah. yes clear house yeah get rid of them oh my god uh guys it's that time of the episode let's all jump up and down here is your good news <laughs> So first in good news, PayPal has banned Alex Jones from receiving payments, uh, saying InfoWars, quote unquote, promoted hate or discriminatory intolerance, which means PayPal has only just started treating Alex Jones like every sex worker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Again, sex workers not hurting anyone, but were banned from PayPal while uh, Alex Jones who repeatedly stoked uh, dangerous conspiracy theories that led people to show up armed to, um, say, like a pizza restaurant, Mm -hmm. accusing them of engaging in a child sex slavery ring. Right. That Alex Jones was still using PayPal until very recently. It is good news. It's also one of those things where, like, I feel like a perpetual buzzkill because <laughs> you're like, you just did this? Well, no, there's that. And there's also like, it's. I mean, this is great news, but also like one of PayPal's founders is Peter Thiel. Oh, yeah. Is it pronounced Thiel? Thiel, yeah. I've been saying Thiel forever. Pretty sure it's just Thiel. Right. Thiel, fine. Uh, Why is that fucking H in there? <laughs> because he's rich. I'm mad at him. He yeah. bought an H. He, he bought an H. an H. He, he bought a silent me. letter for his name. So I would look dumb. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well played, Thiel. Uh, I don't know. I, I assume that's how it's pronounced, but I really don't know. Um, it could be Thiel. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, that's who, that's how he got rich. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like founding PayPal. Right. So it's like. 
Although PayPal is always like, he's not associated with us anymore. We not anymore. Um, but like, also he like started PayPal because he wanted it, he wanted it to be like a cryptocurrency. Yes. Yeah. He wanted it to. He wanted to like. Well, that's like Alex Jones's supporters now are like begging him to convert so they can like pay with Bitcoin and stuff like that. I hope at some point they just exist entirely on the dark web. I there <laughs> I think that's the direction it's going. Literally, I hope they all live literally underground is what I want. I don't know though cuz I almost feel like that's more dangerous if they completely go underground. Oh no, I'm saying I want them to live in the dirt. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I want them to live underground. Uh like mole people. Yeah. I mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm, I see. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> so also in good news, I uh, wanted to shout out the uh, women and other allies who walked out across the country in support of Brett Kavanaugh's accusers. Yeah. Um so the the movement was the hashtag believe survivors movement that you probably saw on social media. At around lunchtime, people walked out of their places of work, a lot of them dressed in black in solidarity. Um, and it was very cool to see, like, online, like, Rachel Bloom, the creator of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, all the writers walked out yeah. in, in solidarity. And there were, like, a bunch of celebrities that participated mm-hmm. in it, yeah. which is just good because then, you know, the media pays attention. Right. My favorite moment, though, from the protests was when <laughs> protesters at a D.C. restaurant swarmed Ted Cruz. <laughs> the Zodiac Killer himself. Yep. Uh, thinks he can eat in public after killing... Oh, my God, you just reminded me of something. <laughs> Guys, this is such a digression, but I remembered I'd wanted to mention something, and I forgot. Going back to American Horror Story Cult, uh-huh. one of the worst things they do <laughs> is, remember I was saying that um, they Lena Dunham plays the lady who... Uh, uh, Valerie Solaris, yeah. who shot Andy Warhol. Mm-hmm. So in American Horror Story Cult, they had her as like his assassin. Mm-hmm. And then, so she is most famous for having written the Scum Manifesto, right. which she was a radical uh, lesbian feminist yeah. who believed that like all men were garbage mm-hmm. and, um, you know, basically turds and yeah, yeah not, not worthy or equal <laughs> of, of women. Right. So... <sighs> What they do in American Horror Story is make the argument that the Zodiac Killer were the feminists from Scum. What? And that they essentially killed men and women because the women were fucking men, so they were guilty Mm -hmm. too. And they wanted to make women afraid of having sex with men. Is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard? So dumb. You just reminded me when you called him the Zodiac Killer. So anyway, going back to Ted Cruz, uh, he was trying to eat at a D.C. restaurant. Activists confronted him and basically chased him and his wife out of the restaurant. And they were chanting, we believe survivors. Great. Yeah, totally great. I think Ted Cruz should always be chased out of restaurants. Mm -hmm. And immediately, of course, conservatives were like, so much for the tolerant left. Yeah, of course. Here's the thing about that. We never said we were going to tolerate your bullshit. <laughs> Ever. We never right. had that meeting. Right, right. When we talk about tolerance, we mean about, you know, you know, races living in harmony and, right. and genders and, you know, different types of people living, living in a more egalitarian, fair society. Sure. That's what we mean about tolerance. Sure. I never said I would tolerate Ted Cruz. Right, right, right. In fact, 
I actively refuse to tolerate Ted Cruz. Nobody should tolerate Ted Cruz. No, you're a collaborator if you do. Oh, my God. So before I do this next story, did you see the photo of Ted Cruz on the plane? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. He is clearly just reading a news article Mm -hmm. that happens to have a photo of of Beto (laughs) (laughs) O'Rourke. But I love the idea so much that he was sitting there just like slowly zooming in (laughs) on a photo of Beto O'Rourke. I love that idea. One of Parker Malloy's all-time great tweet threads is her just adding extra captions to that picture no. did you see it no. it's just all she did was um post the picture and then posted uh screenshots of what he was googling <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing very very mm-hmm. funny uh so also in protest news police arrested 128 people who were protesting on capitol hill against brett kavanaugh there was a really amazing photo of them and I actually, I think this is way, and I say this in a flattering way, creepier when there are silent protests. Yeah. So there were just like 128 people dressed in black, like outside of Brett Kavanaugh's uh, or out in the Capitol building, but they were like silent. Yeah. That is so mm-hmm. much creepier than like chanting. And, and listen, I am totally pro chanting. Like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one of the only tools protesters have is making a lot of noise mm-hmm. and physically blocking traffic right, and stuff right, like right. that. But there's something so, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, cause like, like being in New York, like you go out and there's always like tons of people and it's always like very loud to the point of being overwhelming. Yeah. If I walked outside and it was completely silent, I would think the world was ending. Yeah. You know who did that really effectively? Uh, on the leftovers, the cult. Yeah. That would wear white. They would yeah, just yeah, stand yeah. outside people's homes Ugh. and like watch them, and they were smoking. Mm-hmm. But they were quiet the whole time. And that was somehow so much creepier. It's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. It's because we're conditioned to expect noise. Yeah, like and you see a bunch of people, you assume it's going to be loud. We don't have no. Yeah, it's sort of like <laughs> I'm just going to keep comparing it to things I've seen in the past. <laughs> but like the birds. Yeah. You know. Right. Right. <laughs> just right. Like, People <laughs> silently yeah, watching, yeah, yeah. like, what are they thinking? Mm-hmm. What are they planning? Who knows? Exactly. Um, so in the few minutes we have left, is there mm-hmm. anything you're looking forward to? Am I, anything I'm looking forward to? Uh, there's a couple things. Uh, one, I start a new job next week. Nice. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, oh, this ties in with the beginning of the show because I actually didn't get to my recommendation. Um uh, there's a new season of Hell's Kitchen starting up this oh week. Oh boy! Yeah, Eric's Jam. Man, I love it so much. I love it. It's I, a good show. I like it. I, I like it to the point where I like have to like investigate and be like, is there something wrong with me that I like it this much? <laughs> Eric, you can just enjoy things. I thought about it that. Mean that? No, but like I, because I, I was trying to tell like. Because I noticed, like, people's react, like, because I really like Hell's Kitchen. I also really liked the movie Whiplash. Whiplash and, and is then a people are like concerning. Yeah, people are like, it's bad. I was like, what? I loved it. And they're like, no. It's about an abusive relationship <laughs> that's, uh, like, disguised as art. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Yeah, there's a new season of Hell's Kitchen I'm really looking for. Actually, Gordon Ramsay's in New York today doing a book signing. Whoa, um, how are you not there right now? I can't because I'm doing this show, and also I have to go PA a music video later. So gotcha. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about Hell's Kitchen. Um, very, um, uh, <laughs> very nerdy. Looking forward to thing. Um, 
there's a guy, there's a, so uh, a little bit of backstory. There's like a set of like, I don't remember the exact number. I think it's like 10 or 20 like math problems that are considered to be basically unsolvable. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this yeah. and there, they, they, there was a foundation set up and they're called the millennium problems. And if you can provide an accurate proof for one of these problems and it, passes a peer review you get a million dollars damn and there's a guy who's giving a lecture this week at a math conference that claims to have solved one of them but it hasn't been peer reviewed he's giving his proof this is the first time he is he all he submitted was an abstract which is like a little one page for the conference that says what your speech is going to be about wow so he's going to like do it live it's going to yeah he's it's going to be like a reveal it's going to be be like a lebron awkward if someone's (laughs) like "Mm, there's a mistake that's happened before there's people have tried to give these talks before and then like people like oh wow and then like a day or two later like actually we found some problems right sure um so but he claims to have solved the most famous unsolved problem which is called the Ryman hypothesis which is about um the existence it, it uh, without going into all the details it has to deal it has to do with the idea that uh, of an infinite number of prime numbers mm-hmm. and how you can calculate prime numbers to an infinite degree mm-hmm. um math so, is so weird because it's like to just float that out there where it's like this is unsolvable mm-hmm. and then to have people working on it yeah it feels like not a waste of time but just like, do you, is every... It's not that they're unsolvable. Yeah. It's that people have tried and tried for hundreds of years and nobody's come up with a good one yet. So, so my th- question is, like, how do you know it is solvable? You don't. You just work on it. I mean, you have to have, like, you... Uh, when you're thinking about it, you have to believe that it's solvable. You have to, like, surely... Surely, because you always operate under the under the assumption that it's solvable. Is every problem solvable with math? Are there any problems that are truly unsolvable, or is it just that humans haven't caught up to understand the math? I think it's more. I think it's a lot of those problems are. I think everything's solvable. I just think that people, because there's a difference between like there are people that have come up with solutions or like what they consider to be solutions and then but they kind of fall apart when it comes to interrogating it because people you just have to find holes in these proofs because it's not just a matter of like it's one thing to say like can you calculate like an infinite number of prime numbers but then you have to provide a proof that uh that uh you have to provide a proof in such a way that there can be no questions left. Mm. And right. so so that is where the so a lot of these problems are very simple problems, but the proof you have to prove it to such a degree that there can be no holes in it whatsoever. Right. And so a lot of them uh, break down in that way. Right. And then there's also weird ones like I read this really fascinating book one time about there was the original sort of like like sort of like big proof that could never be done was called Fermat's last theorem which was this ancient mathematician named Fermat who had like in his writings proposed a uh, a question and supposedly had a very simple solution using like ancient math like uh, and but nobody could reproduce his proof Hmm. um and so somebody finally did but it was using all of these new complex math techniques 
that he would not have had access so to. So did he just bullshit or? They don't know. Oh my God. But, is he an alien? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> But this, but this, the guy that solved it, the guy that did solve it, that eventually did provide a, an accurate proof, like he was, you know, became like a world-renowned mathematician and won all this money and stuff like that. But then people were like, "This is great," but also Fermat would not have been able to yeah. do any of this. So what the hell did he do? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so now, yeah. so now nobody can reproduce what he actually did. So like, or was that like, you know? It that could have also just been that he was wrong. <laughs> like it, it could be that he was wrong, or or was it that he was like more creative than logical, and it was like an assumption or a hunch that it turned could have out been to be an right? assumption. It also could have just been the like you know he was just better. <laughs> like sure, and and the, and that some of the stuff he was using to solve his problem we lost over time, and yes. we don't have access to it anymore. So that's a, I mean that was an interesting one because it's like a guy did solve it. And and we have like a working proof of it now, but also it's like, but Fermat didn't do that, right? So we don't know. Guys, I'm glad we could end this episode on what everybody has been demanding: math. Look, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's super interesting, mm-hmm. actually. Guys, please follow Eric on Twitter at Eric E R E K underscore Smith. Please go to LightTreason.news. Smash that donate button. Maybe do it in my memory. Am I dying? I don't know. Oh, I've been maybe. sleeping a lot lately. Yeah. Please pay for the Allison Kilkenny Memorial Fund. Mm-hmm. Lighttreason.news. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>